1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
2: Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. (laughs) Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and catch your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now, your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley.
3: Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. I'm your host, Del Wamsley. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, let's have some fun today. Let's think about life in a little bit different point of view. Let's uh, do that because somebody sent me an article that really (laughs) interested me. Um let's talk about this. How do you become poor? Why do we need to talk about how do you become poor? Well, we we, we always talk about how to become rich. And rich is really simple to become if you understand a few basic concepts. So how can somebody become poor? I mean, what is poor? How can you get to poor? How can you fall out of the middle class when you should have been born into the middle class how do you get born into or act like there's a low class are you low class is it a place you go is it a thing you do is it a food you eat what makes you low class right what makes you think the way you need to think to become poor say well why why stress this point It doesn't matter they're poor We feel sorry for them. Poor, poor people. Wow. What a concept. And then you meet people that are very successful, and you talk about middle class, and they go, hmm, the poor, poor people in middle class struggling to make a paycheck. You know, how do they say that? Uh, Make the check last as long as the month or something. That's not even the way to say it. There's There's a saying like that, but... You know, the bottom line is is that some people have a hard time just getting by. And you go, why? How? I saw an article on the news today. Uh, it was from CNN. And they're talking about a county called Sussex County, New Jersey. I've never heard of Sussex County, New Jersey. If there's any human being out there on this earth that wants to call in from Sussex County, please call in right now. If you're anywhere near New Jersey, call in and explain to me. How can the people in Sussex County be starving to death? That's what they said. CNN said the people in Sussex County are starving to death and a majority of them are in food lines. People that have never been in food lines before in their life are now in food lines. And they're also saying that more people are dying in Sussex County from COVID than anybody else. What is going on in that county? Can anybody please call and explain that to me? I'd really like to know what it is that's going on in Sussex County. Because it's a part of the argument I have today is that only ignorance can create poverty. And by the way, if you want to call in, our number is 866-582-9933. That's 866-582-9933. Call in, right? Or uh, email me at Ask Dell. And I'll get the email and I can bring your answers onto the radio show here. Uh, within you know, a short period of time from one segment to the next. But the bottom line is, is that why? How? Why would CNN do an article about Sussex County, New Jersey, the people are starving? This is the United States of America. You get up, you go down to the gas station, you get a job. You stock shelves. You make money, you eat. I don't understand what it means to not have money to eat. I don't understand that. But what's more interesting to me is this article somebody sent me. It's an article out of a document, or out of a, I guess it's called Pocket Worthy. It's an uh, online article, and the name of the article is Falling. It's about a Pulitzer Prize winning author. Now, you remember when Obama became man of the year after only like a month of being president? Hadn't done anything, but they made him man of the year. I think the same thing's true with all these big national, the international awards. It's just a popularity vote, political vote. And this guy won a Pulitzer Prize for something. I have no idea what he won it for because the article was really long. (laughs) And I couldn't bear to take the whole article on for you. Because I just wanted to bring to you the point that the article was making is that he was born middle class. He worked as a writer. He was influential, influential enough to win a Pulitzer Prize. Here's a piece of his writing right here. He says, I have some personal experience here when he talks about going from middle class to poverty. Like a lot of people, I started life comfortably middle class, maybe upper middle class. Now, like a lot of other people walking the streets of America today, I'm poor. To put it directly, I have no money. Does this embarrass me? Of course it embarrasses me, and a lot of other things as well. It's humiliating to be poor, to be dependent on the kindness of family and friends and the government subsidies, but it's sure an education. That's a Pulitzer Prize-winning author right there, guys. Social classes are relative and definitions vary, but money defines class. The sociologist would say I'm not among the wretched of the earth, but probably at the higher end of the lower class. I'm not working class because I don't have that, what most people consider, a job. I'm a writer, although I don't grind out words the way I once did. Once is really or uh, That which is really my reason I'm poor. I can't write like I used to my income consists of Social Security check and a miserable pension from the Washington Post where I worked intermittently for a total of 12 years. Or I'm sorry, 25 years interrupted by a stint with publishing a house in New York just before my profit cheering would have taken effect. I returned to the Post, won a Pulitzer Prize, continued working for another eight years and with a leverage with a leave of absence now and then. As the last leave rolled on, the post suggested I back to I come back to work, or alternatively, the company would allow me to take an early retirement. I was fifty-three years at the time and I chose retirement because I was under the illusion, perhaps delusion is more accurate word, that I could make a living as a writer and the post offered to keep me on their medical insurance program, which at the time was very, very cheap. The illusion, the delusion that you don't have to work. What makes people really, really poor, not just middle class, but poor, is they won't work. I've got a lady who lives next to me. She's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. Lives in an 18,000-square-foot home, and she owns three, five or six Shipley Donuts places. You know, she does at six o'clock in the morning and I laugh at her all the time. I give her garb I give her havoc about it all the time. She gets up at six o'clock every morning. No, three o'clock every morning, and goes in and makes sure the donuts get made on time with quality. She's in her late sixties, still doing that, and doesn't need the money, has all the money in the world, but she likes to work. I'm in my yard. With a pressure washer, pressure washing my walls, my ceilings, my floors, my concrete, my driveways. And I'm doing that for what reason? I don't need to do that work. I could pay somebody. But because I don't have a job, I like to do something productive with my life. I built a train city layout. I built a gym to work out in, and I work out in a gym. I build and make things And I create things and do things. And then when I'm done with all that, I go buy something else to start more businesses to keep busy. Because life is all about busy. It's all about work. And if you don't have something to do in your life, then you'll be poor. And by the way, if you won't do something, then you will be poor. I watched a movie the other day. It was a really crazy movie. I can't even remember the name of it, but there was a guy, there was a criminal, and he said, you know, a good criminal is a bored criminal. A criminal is a bored criminal. What do you mean by that? He meant, because if you're doing crime right, no one's tracking you down to kill you or to throw you in jail. If you're doing crime wrong, you're running for your life constantly. He said, it's better to have nothing to look forward to than to have somebody looking forward to you, in so many words. The bottom line, if you're gonna be a criminal, you gotta do it the right way. If you're gonna be poor, you have to do it the right way. You can't do the right things and end up completely broke and poor. It doesn't work that way.
1: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
3: Talk 1370, the right choice.
2: Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Del Wamsley.
3: Welcome back to the Del Wamsey Radio Show. Today we're talking about how do you become poor? Said, say, boy, that's a ridiculous radio show. I don't think so. I think you have to understand that if you're sitting here in middle class looking down at poor people going, wow, you guys are idiots. How did you get down there? And then rich people are looking down at you going, God, you're an idiot. Why did you stay down there? Why didn't you come up here where we're at? And then the really, really wealthy people... Who control the government, by the way? They're saying we got to keep everybody down there below us. So we're going to control, manipulate the tax code. We're going to control, manipulate investments and what they can and can't do. We're going to control, manipulate all the ways and things people could do to get ahead in life. Why? Because as politicians, we're much better off if people are poor. Then they need us, they don't have the power to fight against us. And so you look at the reality is you have two parties out there. You have the party of the poor, and then those people in that party want to control and manipulate those people of the poor. And then you have the party of the, I think we're rich, and their party wants them to believe that they're rich and powerful and successful. Now, because of that, they're willing to put their money up and fight and give power to that group. So you've got two groups, both fighting for power. But what they're really both fighting for, both groups, is to be the one in control of it all. But what does that do for the rest of us? I'm not one of the elite, I'm one of you. I'm one of those people down here just going like, I can't believe what they're doing to this country right now. I know you believe that. I don't care if you're black or white or Hispanic or Asian. I don't care how old you are. If you're watching what's going on in this country right now, you're going, this is insane. The elite are messing with us, both sides, to try to control what they want. They want power. So... Why am I talking about being poor? I'm talking about disparity, I'm talking about, you know, if you talk about the uh, Black Lives Matter and they're talking about disparity between how blacks are treated and how whites are treated, let's talk about the difference between how poor people and rich people are treated. I saw a video the other day uh, that blew my mind. Uh, There was a a family in somewhere, I don't even know what city it was in, um, they were eating at McDonald's and some wackazoid African-American, but he was not just African-American. He was a wackazoid. I mean, out of his mind crazy. Comes up to them and starts screaming at them while they're eating on the patio at McDonald's. And then a fat, black, African-American woman comes up and steals her food and eats it right in front of them. Now, you tell me, even if you're a black person, call me on the phone right now and go, Dale, You're you're an idiot. You don't see it. You don't understand. No, I don't. Call me. I'll let you on. I'll let you have a radio show to say your piece if you want. Just call. Let me give you the number here. 866-582-9933. Why should that type of actions be allowed anywhere? Why? Doesn't make any sense to anybody that has a rational brain. But then on the other hand, how can there be poor people? How can there be starving people? What have they done to the minds of? Of the people that are poor in our country. In a country where it's almost impossible to be poor, you have all kinds of backdrops to help you, all kinds of safety nets to help you. You have all kinds of opportunities available, and you're poor. And yet, here's a guy that's a Pulitzer Prize winning author obviously has to be educated enough to get a job at the post to get a job writing for major major newspaper. And yet, he's broken poor. He's moved from middle class to poverty. He talks later in this article about how his brother finally took him in so he wouldn't sleep on the street. Can you believe that? And he said that his brother told him why? Did you get rid of your capital? And he goes, I didn't even know what the word capital meant. I just knew what money meant. And I spent money on the things I wanted to buy. He said, no, you don't do that. He said, you keep your capital. You invest your capital. Capital is something you hold on to for the rest of your life, and it produces for you the rest of your life. It goes up in value. For you. It puts off and throws off rental income for you or some type of interest for you. Capital works for you and grows and should never be touched. The most you should ever do is take the proceeds from capital and maybe use that, but not capital itself. Where's your capital? I have no capital. Then you're poor, then you're broke. And you're able to survive as long as you're young enough and strong enough to struggle and get by. But when you get tired and worn out, there's nothing left. Guys, I've come to the conclusion. I told myself since I was a kid, my dad died by 65. My grandfather died by 66. No male in my family lived past 65. I lived my whole life to live up to age 65. I'm 64 right now. I got one year left. I made it. But I'll tell you this. I have enough money to live for the next 50 years without ever working again. But I don't feel like working anymore. Work, God, is hard. It's laborious. It's a struggle. And I say that as I know that for the last four days in a row I've been out there pressure washing all day long. Physical labor Because that's what the body was meant to do. It's what the mind was meant to do. It was meant to produce, to create, to work, to clean, to harvest, to plant. And yet, we don't do it. We become poor. Now, let's put that on a scale of 1 to 10. How poor are you? Right? How poor are you? As we put it on a scale of 1 to 10, you probably don't even realize how poor you are. Do you know what a thousand, thousand is? I'll tell you a story when we come back from the break about the thousand, thousand story. One of the greatest stories that I've ever told because it's so true. It's an incredible story. And when we come back from break, I want you to hear it because you need to understand that you may very well be poor comparatively and you think to yourself that guy's really poor sitting there on the corner begging for money and a rich guy looks at you and goes gosh that guy's really poor driving that old car and living in that small house and going to that job every day man he's poor How do you get to be poor? That's what this show's about today. And when we come back, we'll talk more about that. Because the first point of being poor is understanding how poor you really are. We'll take a short break. Be right back with the Del Womsey Radio Show. We get it.
4: Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.
2: Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley.
3: Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're talking about why are you so poor? And we started the show out with an article about a guy who went from middle class to poverty, Um, educated, articulate, hardworking, not hardworking probably, but working type guy at a job. And woke up in his 60s broke and on, you know, welfare. or not welfare. It's actually Social Security and a small pension. But he's broke. He's poor. He says he has no money. Living with his brother because he can't afford a place to live. Um, and that was the start. But what I wanted to do is shift that conversation to, okay, if we can look down on this person being poor and broke because he didn't make the right decisions financially and or everybody else that's poor and broke because they didn't make the right decisions financially. And by the way, I just don't understand this. I lived in East St. Louis. Um, I don't know if you remember the riots, but the riots were in um, Ferguson, I believe. Ferguson, Missouri. And uh, Florissant and Ferguson are right right next to each other, and I lived right there between the two of them. And uh, so I was right in the middle of that stuff, and there was gangs when I was growing up, and it was unbelievably scary, and I got beat up all the time. And I grew up in that, and you know, my parents just said, You know what? Let's move to Wisconsin. (laughs) We moved to a city where I don't think there was like eight black people in my whole school, and there was no gangs, and there was no war, there was no fighting, there was nothing. It was like beautiful. I go, wow, that's an amazing thing. Why don't you just get up and move? Why don't you leave these cities like Chicago, where fifty people get shot in one weekend? I uh, there was an article that was on TV. (laughs) It was funny as heck. They're going the real estate in downtown Chicago is losing value because no one wants to live there anymore. And their argument for that is because the restaurants and the fun places to go are closed and or because they wanted to be close to where they work and they don't have to work go to work anymore. They're working from home. So they're realizing we don't need to pay these high rents to live downtown. Interesting article on CNN. Of course, there was nothing about the fact that 50 people a weekend are being shot. No mention of that, right? Okay, so the bottom line is is that people are moving out of Chicago and people are moving out of California. California is going broke, by the way. And so they're trying to pass some new laws to get some more money. One of the laws that passed is a proposition, or they're trying to pass, there's a proposition that will retroactively take their state income tax backwards from what is 12 percent to 16 percent. Um, uh, what, what I mean by this is that right now, the, their, prop, or their income, state income taxes are 12, 10 to 14 percent or something like that. And they want to take it up to a maximum of 16 tw- percent and make it. 12 to 16 percent instead of 10 to 14, it's going to go from 12 to 16. But they're going to do that retroactively. They're going to tax people backwards. Can you imagine that? Now, people are leaving California so fast that they have to do anything they can. So they've got two other propositions out there going on Prop 15, which means that they're going to be able to raise the property tax values. Now we do this in Texas. We raise the property tax values to market value. We have some ways to fight it and so on and so forth. But what they're gonna say is every three years your property's gonna go up to market value. And so property taxes in California have traditionally been lower because they couldn't go up. Now they can go up. So just additional taxes. And then Prop 21, which is going to limit the amount of rent increases a landlord can take in three ways. Number one, You can't increase the rents on the people that live there, and they've already had that. They have the rent controls forever in different cities, but this is statewide. You're not going to to raise the rent on somebody. Number two, when someone leaves, you can't raise the rent to the new tenant. This is a whole new idea that's come out of the land of fruit nuts. I mean, this is insane. You can't raise the rent to a new tenant even except for a minimum amount, and I think the minimum amount was a 15% increase. Uh, And third, you can never recapture full market rent value, which means since real estate properties are valued on the rent and the NOI, the net operating income, that means that all the apartment complexes in California will now be worth less, much less, because you can't recapture those lost income opportunities. Man, add those three together and you run another 10 or 20,000 businesses out of California, hundreds of thousands of people. And now you have less people to tax, more problems. And what do you do? You defund the cops. That's the way to get some money. And then you have more crime. And then you send people out of the city and you go, guys, do, does anybody actually have a brain that lives in that state? I don't know. I'm not there. I know my radio show goes there. I know I get good ratings there. So there's some of you that live inside of that insanity or listening to me and going, ooh, you're right. I think most of you are moving, though. You know? How would you like to live in an area where there's a fire because it's so hot, it's 110 degrees, and they turn the electric off? I happened to be out there on vacation one time when they had those rolling brownouts. Luckily, they didn't hit me, but I could see across the city where they had blacked out a whole part of the city. I was up on a hill, um wherever that is, where it's hilly part of um, L.A., and uh, you could look out across L.A., and you could see they blacked out part of the city. You're like, my God, it's 100 degrees and there's no air conditioning. And yet people are living there. And we wonder, how do we go from middle class to poverty? Living in a city with no electricity, murders all around you, no police your business is being burnt to the ground on a regular basis by people that have no rights but they seem to have way more rights than you do because they have the right to attack you and you don't have the right to fight back how do we get so poor so I'm gonna tell you a story I think it's a really interesting story by the way I used to always I remember when I first started consulting people I remember this story because it really made sense to me later in my life. And I'll tell you what it was. I was sitting down with a guy and the guy goes, I go, what do you want to do? He goes, I want to be a millionaire. I go, okay, no problem. He goes, I want to be a millionaire by next year. I go, hmm, okay. What do you have to start with? He goes, I have $200,000 if I cash out my house and pull out my 401k and retire my IRA and pull my savings and Blah, 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 and come up with $200,000. I go, okay, so your, your total net worth is $200,000. And you're how old right now? And he goes, I'm 50 years old. He goes, okay, so you've been working since you, no, he was 60. He go, you've been working since you're 20, and now you're 60. That's 40 years, and you have $200,000. So do you know what a million is, sir? He goes, what do you mean I know what a million is? I go, do you? I said a million is one thousand thousand. And you have two hundred. And it took you forty years to get two hundred. And what you want me to do is to take you from two hundred to a million, which is eight hundred thousand, which is four times what you've earned in forty years. And you want me to do it in a year. I said, sir, that is unrealistic to say the least it's going to take at least two or three years to do that. Now think about what I said. Most people don't know what a million dollars is. They'll never see a million dollars. Never. They'll never be able to go to their bank book and look in their bank book or their financial statement and go, wow, there's a million. That's seven zeros, I think it's what it is. They'll never see that. Now, that stuck with me for a long time. and became part of my spiel. But what's even more interesting than that is that at some point in my life, I had reached a million dollars. Then I reached two million. I reached five million. I got to ten million, and then I kind of got bummed out at ten million. And I'll tell you why I got bummed out at ten million. Because what do you call a ten millionaire? <laughs> you know, to brag, I'm a millionaire. And then when I had men, many, go, I'm a multi millionaire. You know, you gotta have a you gotta have a term for yourself, right? And then I'm a multi multi millionaire. But I can't go multi 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 millionaire. The spiel just didn't sound right. And so I was really upset that they didn't come up with a name for a 10 millionaire. And then I got up to 20 million. And it pissed me off even more. Why is there no name for a 20 millionaire? <sighs> then I started reading books. I go, you know what? I got to become a billionaire just so I can say something that's realistic. I don't want to be a lowly, lowly life loser millionaire anymore. My God, I don't even want to associate with these low-life millionaires. I'm a multi-multi-multi-multi-multi-multi-multi-multi-multi. We come back. I'll tell you the rest of the story. Talk
2: 13.7 The right choice. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Dale Wamsley.
3: The Wobbley Radio Show. Today we've been talking about what it takes to be poor and how we force ourselves to be poor. And then we've got into the concept of levels of poverty. What is poor? And we've gone all the way from the point of, you know, talking about and looking down on people that don't have a job and living on the street uh, or just on welfare. You know, we looked at those people down our nose and then we turned around and looked down our nose at us. The middle-class the hard-working people that are dumb enough to get up and go to work every day and work 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 and that's why we're not in the poverty line so now we talk about the upper upper class and, like I was saying before I went to break is that when I got to having a net worth of twenty million, I didn't know what to call myself. I was kind of upset about it. I know that sounds stupid, but you know what do you what do you say? You want to say you're a millionaire and then you're a millionaire and then everybody's a millionaire, and then you you know you're a five millionaire and a ten millionaire and a twenty millionaire, and what does that mean? It just you can't go I'm a multi 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 on you know, twenty times millionaire it just doesn't mean anything anymore so I'm thinking to myself i better become a billionaire, so I started looking for how to become a billionaire and i want to let you know something if you're out there right now looking around i'll tell you just don't waste your time there are no seminars on how to be a billionaire there are no billionaires out there teaching other people how to be billionaires it doesn't happen there are no books on how to be a billionaire however there are books about billionaires and so for years i was frustrated i remember when I was younger, my friend and I were sitting um, on vacation when we were reading a book, and this book said that unless you make five hundred thousand dollars a month, you're nothing. You're nothing unless you make a half a million bucks a month. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I thought making two hundred grand a month was pretty good. At that time, I thought it was. Until I read that, then I realized I've got to make a million a month. I got to make half a million to a million a month, and then I got to make two million a month. And then, you know, what is it? What is the name for all that? I said, man, somewhere along the line, you got to become one of those guys called billionaires. But couldn't find out how to do it. Couldn't make sense of it. So one day, a friend of mine who had heard me talk about this and, and pontificate about wanting to be a billionaire told me, he said, I have a friend who is a billionaire. I go, really? He goes, yes. It's a guy here in Houston, Texas that invented the concept of the traffic helicopter. And he bought up all the dead air time, and he got a helicopter and had the helicopters do drive time, traffic reports. And he sold that concept all over the country and became a billionaire. And then he had other businesses besides that. But this guy was a billionaire. And he uh, he said, I can get you a meeting with this guy, I think. I go, really, man, please, please get me a meeting with this guy. So he said, well, he's divorced, and his wife lives here in town, his kid's here or something. He's got to come back and visit every once in a while or go to some divorce document papers or or court date or something, whatever. And he's going to be in town. Maybe I can get him to stop by and have breakfast with you. And so, we were over at Buffalo Grill, if anybody knows Houston, which is the more expensive part of town uh, up in the uh, gallery area. And that's where I lived. And that's about a couple blocks from my house. And I met him there. This is a very affluent breakfast place. And uh, he drives up in a limo. And he gets out with a bodyguard. And he's got on a multiple, multiple thousand dollar suit, thousand dollar shoes. And he's got a Rolex solid gold, big, giant thing. He was so big, it made one arm bigger than the other, just carrying it. When I, he was tall and handsome and good looking, thick black hair, imperfectly groomed big smile, dark tan California kind of tan and when I got up to meet him, I mean he towered over me, he was just so impressive as a human being, I put out my hand to shake his hand and his hand just dwarfed mine, he was a huge man and we sat down and I felt really intimidated because of his clothes, his car, his bodyguard his stature, his tan and I realized I was in the presence of a billionaire me a mere millionaire God, I felt small. I felt unimportant. And he started talking. What I hated more than anything is he was a nice guy. Billionaires, rich people can't be nice guys. He was a nice guy. And he asked me, so what do you want to do? And I said, I want to be a billionaire. He goes, do you? He said, do you even know what a billionaire is? And I go, oh yeah, I've been studying all, I I know exactly what it is. He goes, okay, what is a billionaire? Uh, I was dumbfounded. I couldn't tell you what a billion dollars was. He goes, Dell. a billion dollars is a thousand million. So let's get started on your program. How much do you have to start? I said, I can cut your check for 10 million right now. I got that much just in the bank I can get to really quick and let's get this thing going. He said, okay, let's talk about this for a second. There's a thousand million in a billion, and you have 10. You only need 990 more, Dell. How old are you? I go, I'm 50. Hmm. You're 50 years old. And you've been working since you're 20. That's 30 years to get to 10 million. 30 years, 10 million, 990 more times 30 years, right? Nine times more, you're going to need another 200 years of working to get there. He said, because what you do produces what you have. And what you have is who you are. And what you've done has created 10 million dollars. Who you are is a man with $10 million, but what you can never be is a billionaire, doing, acting, thinking, and living like you live as a millionaire. Because a millionaire is poor compared to a billionaire. And if you believe you can continue to do what you do and get a different result, you're insane. My friends, I kid you not, that was my seminar from a billionaire. Hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful week. And remember, we're not doing this for a little bit more money. We're doing it for a lifestyle. See you tomorrow.